<clears throat> testing. Yeah, I'm making hairs. Okay, we're back with uh, tacos and more beer. Tacos and more beer. Yep. And a hot mouth. No, I um. I always got a hot mouth. <laughs> Mouth is on fire. Yeah, that's what I said. It, it when when Keaton was here and we had the spicy, uh, the spicy barbecue wings or something like that. We, like the entire episode, we were both just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're already kind of doing it. I know, but it's it's fine. It's it's really easy to take out. I was telling another friend that it's kind of cool because I've I've edited enough to where I recognize like the shapes of like, like when you're clearing your throat or I say um a lot. So, like, whenever I say, like, uh, which happens a lot, I hate it, um, it has, like, a, a distinct shape, and so it's pretty easy to take out. But same thing goes with, like, you clearing your throat, too. It's, like, really not a big deal. Or if you need to take a break or whatever, then that's fine also. I, up I upgraded the Yeti to, I don't even know what brand this is. It's, I think it's, like, Cool Flask, because it... Cool Flask, let's get a sponsorship. <laughs> cool Flask, you heard that here. Um... Because I was, I was like getting tired of having to, to refill the, the Yeti that I have. Because, you know, I'm going to drink all the water. So it, it was just like annoying to have to get up every time and like refill it when like six times a day when I could just fill it once with this bad boy and it lasts me all day. So that's, I think that's a, a gallon. Um, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy. You do curls with that thing. Yeah, you can. It, get, it gets pretty heavy. It's almost <laughs> like. I think when it's full, it's like eight to ten pounds, and it's yeah. So it's it's not as like user friendly as the Yeti, or you can't like carry it around as easily. But like like I said, I'm I'm mostly at my computer all day anyway, yeah. so I just like plop it there and able to able to sip from it. Um, it's one of the only ones that I found that have like the straw top too, because yeah. I thought it would be annoying if I had to like unscrew it and then pick it up anyway. That kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a good good little investment so far. Okay, um, I'm just gonna start with the, the little intro I have for you because I put an intro out for all of my guests. So Steve. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, welcome to Between the Soup. It's the show where friends become closer friends. Uh, the show where Steve talks to me in depth about wood for an hour. Maybe, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Let's do it, I could. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, we, we get it all later. Uh, <laughs> the show where I basically talk to people I already know about an experience that is unique to them. I'm not on Twitter, but you can follow the podcast Instagram at betweenthesoup.pod, where I'll post updates on episodes and behind-the-scenes content. Uh, I'm your host, Gilbert, and today our guest is the head dingus himself, uh, Steven Splinter Steve, Curveball Steve, Skipper Steve Olixak. Uh I've known I've known Steve ever since uh, the third grade as we became closer through video games and winning the seventh grade baseball championship where our lives definitely peaked. Um, <laughs> Steve graduated from Trinity University in Texas majoring in business administration with a marketing concentration and now currently works uh, in digital marketing at PMG. One of Steve's most standout qualities and his complete knack for hosting... Oh, shit, I fucked that up. One of, <laughs> one of Steve's most standout qualities is his complete knack for hosting and providing a hospitable environment, as well as his affinity for woodworking and cooking. Uh, Steven loves bangers, beers, bros, Yeti products, and, of course, his wife, Kenzie. Hi, Kenzie. Um, <laughs> Steve, um... I thought you were going to go with the B theme for, like, ten more. Uh, I probably could have. Yeah. Uh, but I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to Between the Soup. Thank you, Gil. Glad to be here. I, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. What What are you most excited for? For. Well... Or I guess, did you have any expectations, like, coming, coming into this? No. Nope. And so, you, no expectations coming in? No, yeah. I chatted with Keaton Leander a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. um, he said it was a good experience. He said, yeah, he's, yeah. it's... It's great. It's it's. He says you're. He says you've been wanting to do this for a long time, which sounds like you have. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Well, like uh, since pretty much last year, since quarantine, is when I like first had the thought about it, and then I kind of just put it off because I didn't really think it was plausible for me. And then the more that I thought about it, and the more I 
was working towards like other creative goals this was like on the list and so i was like yeah why not like i'm, I'm sure i can figure it out and try it and we'll see how it goes and like i said it's mostly just an excuse to talk to friends so that's been a huge plus too um it's been great to one just get to know like this is kind of the tagline but i get to know people that i already know just like a little bit better because it's like you in your day-to-day when you're kind of like talking to people like that you work with or somebody that you might be close with like there's, i'm sure that there's details about their lives that you don't that you just aren't aware of or you're just unsure of so like with when keaton was here keaton was great uh he talks about where he works all the time but i have no i had no idea what it actually yeah what it actually right. was or like what he really um does in his day-to-day but it was like kind of like stuff like that or sort of like how he views just different things that he's passionate about in his life because um, it, it like if you were to hang out with if you were to hang out with your friends at like a, a bar or at one of their places or wherever like i don't really feel like there's a ton of opportunity to like really sit down with somebody and ask them just like sort of basic questions especially if you're in a group because you're all just just socializing and doing what whatever it is that you're doing it like when you're hanging out like if you're playing a board game or like you're just hanging out at the pool or whatever you're kind of just bouncing around from conversation to conversation so so yeah that's been kind of cool to to do and then also just reconnecting with the with the old friends and some new ones um so like there's definitely been people that i that i can reach out to now who saw that i was doing this and are wanting to come on and it's like oh, okay that, that i mean that's completely cool with me i haven't talked to you in in years but this is like a perfect opportunity to, to reconnect so for you <laughs> i've always been really interested in your philosophy on hosting or your philosophy on hospitality i guess you can mm. you can argue that those are the same thing in my mind you're the guy like whenever you're hosting a party or you're having someone over like immediately you're the guy that's like what do you need what can i get you here's all this shit that that I'm providing that makes you feel comfortable and it's just seem it seems really natural to you. So yes, I guess so, some of the first questions I have so someone walks into your home, you guys are about to hang out, what's kind of going through your mind? Well, first of all, thank you, Gilbert. That's a very flattering <laughs> compliment. Um, I work hard at that and it brings me a lot of joy, honestly. Yeah. I think so before I even answer your question as far as what's the first thing I think when someone comes in, I think that a lot of this comes from, I can answer, uh, I think a, real quick, a lot of it comes from two things. My mm-hmm. love language, and if you haven't done the whole love language thing, right, where you take a little quiz, yeah. and it tells you like, your personality, what... Like gift giving, physical touch, <clears throat> uh, acts of service, I forget the other two. Yeah, um, acts of service, a quality time, quality right? Time. There's yeah. like these things that you really get a high from. Mm-hmm. That and and others may not. Well, for me, it's it's the quality time, and I think it's the gift giving. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I think that translates well into being a good host. And and but beyond that, my biggest influence was my grandmother, Bibi. Okay. And my mom. My right. mom is a stud. At this. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Jenny's quite the stud. Yes. My grandmother was from Kentucky. She, so very old, you know, Southern kind of um, old school style. And she was just the, and, and if you know anything about Southern charm and just the Southern hospitality, it's a really oh, yeah. it's a true thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember moving from Texas back to Phoenix and it was like, I thought Phoenix was, people were super nice, but boy, you just, you don't get that. And you walk into a random gas station and some guy in a, you know, just some guy shopping next to you is, you know, how you doing, boy? Good, mm-hmm. How you doing? Good afternoon. You know, like yeah. just it's just a different. Everyone's so nice, but anyway, so she, I think she showed me from a very young age when I used to go stay with her. Right, if you go stay with grandma or grandpa, uh, sleepover, she showed me at a very young age how to take care of guests, and she would, you know, set the, she would set the bed out, and she'd have little goodies, and she'd have all sorts of things kind of laid out for us, and, and she would always have our special favorite little snack or meal or something like that mm-hmm. so is that where the the french onion dip comes in no nah, that was my mom that's my mom oh, so, my okay. <laughs> so we make a, a really fun french onion dip with ruffles uh-huh and that used that was a tradition for 
uh, when we trim the tree for Christmas. Okay. We'll whip up some French onion dip, ruffles, and we'll and we'll trim the tree. But gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so what was it that your grandma would make like when you were? Uh, uh, eggs, scrambled eggs. Okay. With cream cheese in it. Okay. Nice. She yeah, yeah. taught us the tip that you throw a spoonful of cream cheese in per egg, and you get the best creamiest scrambled eggs you've ever had. True. <laughs> he, he's not lying he makes them for me all the time not just for me but yeah yeah so i think it was those two it was those in i think you know my personality number one and then that influence of my grandmother and especially my mom mm-hmm. where they taught me that you know when someone comes in and greets you know and comes over the first thing you the first thing you do when someone comes walks through the door mm-hmm. is you make sure they're comfortable right it's all about being comfortable um uh you go the extra effort to clean your house, to make an environment uh, in your house, to show that you've put some effort into having somebody over and that you're excited to see them. And when you do that, instantly they they relax. They get a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a friend's house and it smells great and there's music playing and they've obviously cleaned up mm-hmm. versus one that's just shit everywhere. And yeah. I mean, there's a different feeling, right? You... All of a sudden, you're elevated. You're like, okay, we're here. We're we're yeah, we're ready to we're go at, a, at an event, right? Yep. So, so number one, you got to make the place comfortable and approachable and welcoming. Okay. And number two, offer them offer them a drink. Number one thing, mm-hmm. right? Whether and have both non-alcoholic and alcoholic, because boy, you you know, I've had plenty of friends that. Oh, all we got is, you know, beer and water, right? And nothing worse than giving a you know giving a friend that may not be drinking a you know. A, plastic cup while the rest of us are drinking wine out of a out of a glass so mm-hmm. i always think all right can we get a bottle of martinelli something that kind of looks foo-foo-y still kind of you know looks like we care we put effort in yeah but it's still something that you know they can have fun with so that's the yeah. first thing i do to answer your questions offer them a drink and that could also play into just being comfortable because especially for someone who's not drinking and going to an event that where you know like it might be kind of social or centered around drinks like either wine or beer or whatever like you, you might go in thinking like okay i'm gonna be a little bit uncomfortable because i'm not drinking like everybody else everybody else is gonna get rowdy and i just kind of have to sit there and deal with it but like if you present that sort of extra non-alcoholic thing to them it's just like they're aware now that you were thinking about them or their situation and they feel a little bit more included inclusive exactly right <laughs> yeah. that's right Gil. that's that's i think that's the number one thing in all this right mm-hmm. is like when we have people over we're thinking all right who know we'd love to mix groups right that's i think the best thing and i, yeah. I love that you're doing this podcast because you know mm-hmm. you're meeting other you're meeting other people from your circle that you may not be as close with and right. that's same with us right like yeah. we'd love to get oh we know that gilbert and and some of Kenzie's medical school friends might be good friends, whatever it is, you know. Okay, sorry, I think I interrupted you. So you were you were talking about um, one, making sure that your like the environment is sort of clean, and then two, like getting them a drink, making sure that they feel comfortable. I don't know if that was the point you were trying to make with giving them a drink is just to make them feel comfortable. Was there like a, another sort of idea that you had behind that, like with just giving them a drink? Um, is that is that more just like making sure that they're that they're taken care of? And make it's making sure that they know that you're the priority. Because mm. you kind of are. If you're a host, you should not be blacked out drunk. Right? You need to be <laughs> yeah. monitoring the situation. You need to be looking when, in my opinion, right? Yeah. You're, and I learned from the best. I learned from my mom. Mm-hmm. And my mom would sit at the end of the table, closest to the kitchen, and you know nothing. It's none of the you know things. She just was such a good host and so caring that she would be there in case because she knew that second someone cleared their plate she was bringing leftovers in and she Mm -hmm. was that person i think it's being perceptive Mm -hmm. is the is the big thing Mm is how you have a successful hosting evening if you're perceptive to the mood of everything right yeah it seems like in that case too that you're you're definitely putting your your guests before yourself but i guess the, the way that you're describing it is that it doesn't really detract from your own enjoyment either like because you're not even though you're not taking care of yourself you're still gaining enjoyment from like other people being taken care of having a good time absolutely yeah back to the point we were talking earlier about how it's hard to have converse, good intimate conversation in larger groups uh-huh. even harder to do it when you're hosting right oh yeah yeah because you can't yeah you have to you especially if you're trying to be aware of like what everybody kind of needs or like what 
maybe or if something's missing from what's going on or like people are starting to get bored or they don't like the music like you have to be aware of that and if someone's just like trying to like just hold down your attention you can't it's definitely harder to do harder to do especially when you're cooking <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah 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 I, I mean i completely agree with that definitely when you're cooking because like even when i'm cooking now i have to just like major focus like have everything basically prepared already and then just get ready to mix it all together so you're not like in a frantic rush and if and if there's somebody talking to me too then i'm just like that intention just goes out the window yeah um that's actually the reason why i don't like it when people give me phone calls like if someone is calling me on the phone like i can't focus on more than one thing at once whatever it is that i'm doing when you call me i have to basically stop everything and give you my undivided attention yeah which is which is fine like if it like my worth of guilt yeah phone calls are okay depending on. on what they are but if it's just like if it's just to talk just for the sake of talking i'm just like okay like we could literally do this over text and i don't have to stop what i'm doing um that's a little tidbit for you i don't know if you ever knew that all right <laughs> Goes all that ultra efficiency and ultra productivity. I guess. No, maybe not ultra. It's just like I, I can't, I can't do anything else when when someone calls Fair me. Enough. So I have to like, kind of annoying in in a way. I heard that men are worse than women at multitasking, but at the end of the day, you can't actually physically multi. Like your yeah. brain won't let you actually multitask. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're better off giving your hundred percent attention to something. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, because if I'm trying to do whatever it is else that I'm doing, I'm not really focusing on that because I, I'm trying to listen to what you're saying and, like, why you're calling. and What? That kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. So I would just rather avoid it altogether. I mean, I've, I've been so lucky. I've grown up with really good examples mm-hmm. of great hosts. Even down to our friend, even down to our friend group, right? Mm-hmm. Think of, like, going, remember going to Colin's house? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Cagney would have all that stuff out for us. Yeah. So I, much. Yeah, she she's a good example also because she's just like the mega mom. Oh, so what what is something, I guess what is an example that you, you can think of where someone, like you had a, a sort of bad experience or you recognized right away that someone was a bad host? I mean, look, hosting's hard. It's intimidating. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's I think you do a couple basic things and you're going to have a good time no matter what. Mm-hmm. You provide, you supply, and you provide the 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 goods, or you or you communicate and say, hey, look, you know, mm-hmm. we're all gonna bring a dish or something. So you gotta, I think, you have a clean place, and you spend thirty minutes making it a little bit extra special. Mm-hmm. I mean, do go do put a little bit of effort into your place to make people feel special, and then create a community where and 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 you know just create an environment where people can hang out and talk and if people don't talk then have a backup plan play games games is a really good way to be a good host mm-hmm. all you need is a 12 pe- you know you have four you have four people over mm-hmm. you need one bottle of wine you have you have you know you need a six pack mm-hmm. and, and cards or board game oh yeah and you are set you're done that's it that's it you, yeah, it's even. Yeah. I think it's even better in that case if you like introduce uh, a new game to to those people too, like that something that they've never played because then like they have to like sort of be engaged in order to learn whatever that game is. Hundred <clears throat> percent. I um. There's two things that I've always kind of believed. Number one, I've, I've always believed that at least my guy friends enjoy activities together, uh-huh. right? And and. You also grow closer with someone, like if you're dating someone, someone mm-hmm. new you don't really know. If you have if you have a new couple friend over, you are dating both of them. Let's be honest, right? Okay. You are you are dating the guy and you're dating the girl because you have it's a first date, man. You know how it is. It's mm-hmm. just it's awkward. It's but if you're, you wait, can, so you're saying for for you invite a new couple group say, friend over, yes, versus I guess the the way that you kind of. Describe that maybe think like this is like one of the first times that you're inviting these people over. Let's say our church group we meet twice a week. Okay. There's a new new a new couple and you know mm-hmm. that joins our group. So there's a this is the first time that they're joining. First time. Okay. Second, third. Okay. Third or fourth, right? Okay. If all you do is sit around and talk in a circle, we we tried it. We tried talking in a circle. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You got to do stuff together. 
Yeah. You got to play games. You got to compete a little bit. You got to do activities. You have to do things that is not just, I hate to say it, but in a group setting like that, you have to get people, you know, it's like dating, right? You want to go on a, on a date, you go on a real date to, to test your date, you do an activity, you go on a hike, oh, yeah, you do absolutely. something, right? Mm-hmm. You, you see what, what are, what's their personality like outside of their comfort zone or in a new situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in in terms of the dating too, it's just like that just makes the quality of the date more fun. Because like if it ends up going bad, then at least you're doing something else to compensate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, you're getting yeah. exercise. So out basically, of it. Da- yeah, basically dating is is like hosting people at your own place. You want? Do you want another one? No. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do you want a propel instead? No. That's basically the only extra thing that I have. I don't have... Stick with beer then, Gil. Okay. Pro <laughs> <laughs> uh, pal, man. Yeah. What? They still make that stuff? Yeah. Still, I, I love it. Oh, it's, my God. I think it's... Because it, I drink a lot of water, and I like just, like, having something else that, like, just tastes different. But, like, soda's too sugary. I mean, I guess you could drink tea. And sometimes I do, but like green tea is caffeinated and I don't like to do that in the afternoons. Same thing with coffee. So essentially soda's out of the picture, tea's out of the picture, coffee's out of the picture. Juice is kind of out of the picture because it's just as sugary as soda. But Propel is basically water with like essentially salt that tastes like lemon or berries or whatever. Between the soup, sponsored by Propel. (laughs) What is like the idea behind bringing something to someone else's house? I was like, why, why is that so important to you? Like, even if it's just like a close friend. Anytime you are going to a dinner party or a hangout mm-hmm. that's not with your best friend, right? Or not kind of with, you know, use your right judgment, right? If you're going to going to a buddy's house to go watch, well, hey, if I'm going to a buddy's house to watch basketball, I'm bringing a six pack. Mm-hmm. I just, okay. yeah. you know, I just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's how I was raised. It's. Mm-hmm. I my mom would always do that, and she would always ask me as I went to friends' house, like, "All right, what are you bring? You know, are you bringing anything?" You, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, it was something. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was different. But I just think when someone puts in that the effort to have you over and try and build community and all and all that, when it's in a more when it's not just a typical hangout, but it's a little bit more of a you know a, a planned or formal event, I. I I think it's the least you could do to help contribute. I'm all about contribution, right? Maybe it's a sports thing or something, but I think it's the least you could do is just to contribute and to bring something. And I was raised that way. I don't know if some of it has to do with, I mean, you could twist it and say maybe like Steve looking for attention or something like that. (laughs) You could. Yeah. But I'm also not the guy that would... At least I would hope. I don't think I am the guy that would run around and go, all right, brought the wine. Here it is. Here's the wine, everybody. I got yeah. the wine. Here you go. Here it is, right? It's, it's, just, it's a quiet thing you do. Well, I, I think it, it mostly goes back to kind of what you're saying, but it makes you feel good for um, doing this sort of active service for somebody else, which I think is completely okay to, to admit. It's not that you're, like, you're actively seeking that out for like your attention or you're like, look at me, like validate me, that kind of thing. It's just like... You enjoy being around other people. You enjoy contributing to whatever activity or event that you're at, and that's that's why you're doing it. It's like you're doing it for that part of the enjoyment instead of for the attention. I, I think you're right. Yep. Yep. Oh, I was gonna ask for for like the gift too. Do you think that there's like sort of a, a spectrum where like a, there's a gift that might be too big or too too small? If that, if that makes sense. So, like, uh, if, if I came over to, to your place, if you invited me over and I brought, like, post-it notes or something. Like, I had extra post-it notes and I came over and I'm like, hey, here you go. I don't think it matters. Okay. I would just say stay clear of the two-buck chuck if you're out of college. Two-buck chuck. No freaking way. Well, I don't even know. It used to be two bucks. It's the shittiest wine you can buy from oh. Trader Joe's. Charles Shaw. <laughs> Charles Shaw. You bring Charles Shaw to a party and it's... Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone, but it's going to be used for cooking wine in our house. That's and, all, that doesn't sound bad to me. And you can spend, I think you spend, look, you could spend two <laughs> bucks on Post-it Note, and I swear you'd, be, you'd make kids you're happy to buy it or a two dollar, yeah. two buck chuck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, so, remember, I remember getting someone, like, <laughs> batteries for Christmas because I was just like, I, I think they need batteries. And they, they were like, fuck yeah, batteries. <laughs> <laughs> 
So maybe it's just like it's less about like the the price tag of the item and more about like the thoughtfulness. Exactly. In in all of this stuff, it's not about the price tag in Mm -hmm. all of this, right? Like, you can have a really fun, intimate night making mac and cheese, Mm -hmm. and you can you don't have to have fillet. You know, if you're doing a dinner party, right? You can Mm -hmm. have a fun mac and cheese bar. You can have a go the extra mile. Go buy some you know ice cream from the store, Mm -hmm. right? Like that sounds like my kind of party. That's right my kind of mac and cheese party but no i to answer your question seriously i don't think there's anything that you could do wrong if you even if you brought chuck shaw you'd be fine like it's like it's the it's just the thought that counts it is it is the fact that you thought of someone else as you were going over you know it's just the right thing to do especially when someone is putting in the time and effort to make food to host to clean up their place i mean you know ken's not even talking about the guest list yeah. All right, we got Gilbert, we got Colin, oh, we wow. got Keaton. Oh shoot, we got Joe. Joe doesn't really know much, but Joe is <laughs> Joe's a, a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like so and we'll try and figure out okay, well maybe you know, maybe Joe likes you know, like soccer and maybe he'll sit you know, we'll put him next to Colin, right? And mm-hmm. so like that stuff is very important and the least you can do is bring a little something for for the host mm-hmm. and you know it goes a really long way too even if you don't bring anything just ask right mm-hmm. my friends are so good about that hey man what can we bring we're on our way what can we stop by because you know you're you're hustling your butt off if you're the host mm-hmm. nothing nothing not a better question yeah oh, can you get some cuffs from real quick you know can you, oh, can you use a lime or a lemon forgot that mm-hmm. usually it's no though or ice. and then you're good or ice yeah yeah so and we'll go to Costco. You know, side, side tip: mm-hmm. go to Costco. We'll get J. Lore, fantastic bottle of wine. This podcast sponsored by <laughs> J. Lore, 2013. 2013. I don't wow, know. That's I'm so just no, 2018. I don't know. <laughs> um, like 11 bucks, right? Uh-huh. It's 20 bucks in the grocery store. Okay. Because nice, you know yeah, what yeah. happens when you bring a bottle of wine. What's the first thing they do, Gil? They're like, wow, do you, do you want some of this? No, they oh. Google it. <laughs> oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll always Google it. Oh. Yeah, I, pretty much like everybody that I've had here that where we've had wine, have you do you, have you heard of this app called Novino? Yeah, I feel like I should be sponsored by them because I've mentioned them so many Darn times. Darn right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that app specifically just because it, it tells you sort of like the profile of the wine and how like you can kind of gauge how good it is yeah um and i think like from the ones that i've had like if i liked them they're generally in the same rating zone that i that i would imagine them being and and, like the more average ones you're like yeah they're just kind of globally rated less j lore is on like the the higher end of average good well it's 11 bucks at costco yeah bucks i mean it's it's consistent like you can't go wrong that's great so Stock up on, stock up on J. Lore. Stock up on four bottles, mm. have one for yourself, and then save the other three for the next time you gotta go over. Even to your parents' house, right? You go to your parents' house and go over for dinner. Bring a bottle of wine. Go a long way. Mm-hmm. Long way. Think of all they've done for you. Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. Do you do you ever uh, look into like the the wine subscription stuff or like even the coffee subscription? Not really. Not really. Haven't gotten into that yet. We um we don't drink enough wine. Okay, that's fair. Coffee, we we're not super into. I mean, we love our coffee. We just I just don't can can play the Arabian forest from the you know the Kona Island. I don't know. I, I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't tell you. I don't really you care. You just kind of yeah. If if you have a good quality coffee, there's not really a reason to diversify in a sense. Correct. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair too. Because you probably do you do that. No, I was thinking about it. I tried. I tried the wine subscription. It was, it was okay. It really wasn't that expensive because when, when I tried it, it ended up being like five bucks a bottle for like pretty decent wine, but like half of them were really good and half of them were just like meh. So I mean, I might try try it more, but yeah, that that makes more sense for that kind of the coffee too because it's like, I am pretty content with just getting a big bag of like it's like Fry's has their own brand of coffee and they have like a bunch of different flavors and they like you get a, a pretty big bag for like 10 bucks and it'll last me like a couple weeks and that's like that's good enough for me so i don't really need to spend like 
however much the the subscription is yeah. to get yeah, yeah. coffee that may or may not be better. I don't know. Yeah. I was just curious, yeah, because I I mean I don't really know who, anybody else who does that frequently. Yeah, like subscription services like that. Um, okay, so like a little while ago, you were mentioning ten things or like five things to do when you're hosting a party. It was from like Cosmo. No, 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 no. Okay, Esqu- Esquire, the ma- <laughs> ah, okay, the nice. mail magazine for Cosmo, I guess. Okay. <laughs> do you do you remember what those things were? So it was a it was an awesome article. It came around right before Christmas, obviously prior to COVID. Uh, it was two years ago. It was an article in Esquire magazine, which you know is like a men's men's fashion kind of health magazine, uh, pop culture type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about how to throw the best holiday party ever, mm-hmm. which was really good. And honestly, a lot of the tips I've been telling you are kind of align with that. Okay. Uh, so number one, so the first one was smell matters, and so they say that. Um, you should have smell and light are important right so you should have they say you should have candles in every other room uh except for your kitchen which is interesting you think when people come over you want to light candles well not if they're scented because when you start cooking food if you're having a dinner party right that scent really disrupts kind of the you get the candle scent with the food scent it has it's horrible it's disgusting yeah people hate it mm-hmm. so that was interesting second piece that makes all, sense though yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, all we and I already mentioned this, but take the extra time to clean up your place mm. and clean it and put good music on and and one little thing in decoration goes a really long way. So add a little bit of decoration, change up the furniture, change up your house where you normally wouldn't, you know, do things. Right, add lights in an in an area in your backyard that you normally wouldn't. That's gonna just it adds. Especially for people that have been in your house before that kind of know the thing, right? It, it adds some excitement and creativity. Mm-hmm. Second thing is don't overlook the bathroom. So a couple fun things you can do in the bathroom. This is straight from the magazine. I love it. This is good. Number one, have a sort of game in the bathroom mm-hmm. where people come out of the bathroom and they go, did you see what was in there? You got to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like one thing we've done, right? it's like uh, Christmas time. Kenzie had these elf stickers, and you can put the elf stickers all around the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Put one, you know, and then you say, "All right, how many? You know, write your answer down for how many how many elves you see. You know, you see in the bathroom, something silly like that goes mm-hmm. a long way." Uh, the other thing, as it relates to the bathroom, really nice tip: candle, scented, scented in the in the bathroom, a little jar of ibuprofen, and some mints, and you make a little setup on the side. We have the same little jars, and it just adds something. When you go into the bathroom, you know, you have this nice little thing, and, mm. and it, it, it just makes a difference. Also, they, the, they say don't skip on ingredients, which I think is interesting, So right? that's another one of the steps, or is that like just a... One, just a tip. Okay. You know, if you're buying, if you're buying prosciutto, mm-hmm. right, and, and your main dish is prosciutto, get the, get the good prosciutto. Don't get the Kirkland brand. <laughs> you know or you know get the get the parm you know get the primo stuff from italy mm-hmm. and and pay the extra yeah. three dollars to get the really good stuff mm. and incorporate that into the night right like yeah it's fun to sh- hey kate hey, hey group we're gonna try truffle waffles you know so i don't know what it is but you know like truffle you know me Gil- yeah. yeah like i'm a huge foodie that, so food that sounds is a big like thing. yeah i was gonna say that sounds like something you would try but that's i mean truffles are pretty expensive you know, just yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say to that? There was one time where you told me like that you thought that buying like cheese or shredded cheese was just like the biggest waste of of money. I completely agree with that now, even though I have a bag of shredded cheese in, in my fridge. Uh, but there, like a couple weeks ago, I was making something that required parmesan, and I was like, okay, I might as well just grate it and then either freeze it or keep it in a different container until that way I can use it like sort of fresh and it came out so good so much better so that's a that's a huge tip for for cheese I mean I'm sure that can be that can be used for other things too and what you just mentioned too what's interesting is is that by buying a block of cheese it's less oxygen and surface area on everything else right so cheese is a living thing right it will mold Mm -hmm. the less 
oxygen hitting that cheese before you buy it, the better. It means it's, fr it's fr as fresh as can be. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you think of shredded cheese, how much surface area is on that? Yeah, true. For yeah, oxygen to, to contaminate and to make it old, right? Yeah. I have, I have a book. It's called, like, No Time to Cook or something like that, and it gives, like, tips about, like, just sort of speeding up the... Uh, the cooking process whenever you're making something it's got a lot of good tips like that like yeah. um i, I like it one was just like if you like if you sort of establish like your favorite sort of cup or or even like spoon or something and like actually measure out how much like liquid it, it holds then you don't ever have to measure it again you can just use the cup every single time there's a bunch of other good stuff in there you'll have to take a look at it but okay yeah so back to the esquire stuff um I think that's I, I think that's about the gist of it. Oh really? Okay. Was there something else you remembered? Um, something about how you're dressed. I think. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, yes. So as the host, you have full reign. You're, the, you're kind of the you can do whatever you want. It's your place. Yeah. Right? It's your party. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome. They recommend if you got a shirt, you're just on the cuff about wearing a little too aggressive for you maybe. Uh, they say just throw that you know you gotta wear it. you're the host you can wear whatever the hell you want mm -hmm. uh, they also say outfit changes <laughs> mid evening <laughs> is a total uh, power move it's a good move right mm -hmm. start out in, in kind of fancy stuff you may wind down into PJs by the end of the night cause you're, oh yeah you're the host you can do you want mm -hmm. or wind down or no start off in like moderately nice clothes and then just kick it up a notch like when when things really start getting juicy exactly yeah Yep. I think that's a great idea, honestly. Especially if you're like on the on the fence about like what sort of outfit to wear and you weren't sure between one or the other. If you're the host, you can do both. You can do both, exactly. Uh, and then and then they they also talked about the post dinner, right? So mm -hmm. you don't really think about after dinner, but it's an important if you want things to keep going a little bit in the evening, right? Mm -hmm. I recommend you need an activity and you need dessert mm -hmm. or coffee. We bought a bag of decaf coffee mm. that sits in the freezer. We bring it out <laughs> once a month. Do you, do you, okay, another just quick interjection. Do you refrigerate your coffee? No. You're supposed to, apparently. We what? drink it fast. We drink it too quick. Yeah. Yeah, we'll drink it in a week. Uh-huh. I'll try it though. I'll give it a try. For I mean, it. I don't either. Kenji <laughs> refrigerates our bread, and I'm sure a lot of people do that. I have never grown up refrigerating our bread. No. But it lasts longer. I'll say that. I I believe it. It lasts longer. Yeah. And it's not much of a quality impact, in my opinion. So. Okay. I might be a believer, girl, but not currently. Current, what was it that I actually refrigerated something that like lasted forever? I don't remember what. I don't. I don't do eggs. In the refrigerator, no eggs. You're or not, not egg bread. Bread. Obviously, okay. I refrigerate. Eggs. In Europe, they don't refrigerate eggs. Really? No. That's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. It's that we pump our chickens full of hormones and too much stuff where that has to be refrigerated. They don't do anything, and the eggs can stop room temperature. I guess that makes sense about the if, if they're at room temperature. Yeah, because um, eggs in the in the refrigerator have a super long shelf life, and plus, it, like how we get how we get eggs too, because you can't you can't buy them like that already. You can't buy no. room temperature eggs no, like, room, conventionally, yeah. so you're not gonna put them out of your free. You know, the yeah, the... yeah. But it, sure, if, if you had like a hen and it was laying eggs, like it's already gonna be at room temperature when they come out. So if you just keep them like that, then you're, they're probably good for. A day or two. Till they hatch. <laughs> exactly. Something I forgot to ask you earlier is that you said that you, as growing up, you were really influenced by um, being hospitable and being a good host because of your grandma or your mom. And now that you're married, how has your wife sort of influenced your your philosophy on hosting? Like, it seems like she's pretty on board and even like facilitates probably more. Oh, doing yeah. more adventurous stuff than maybe you would have before totally yeah i think and that's something i didn't mention earlier but kenji is an incredible partner and teammate in all of this and we have what we're really good at both of us and we kind of divide and conquer when the night happens so mm -hmm. 
Kenji's really good about being the social person and making sure everyone kind of, you know, she bounces around to the different groups, makes, you know, she's watching out if someone kind of maybe isn't included in a conversation, then she's trying to loop them back into another conversation with mm-hmm. someone. Where I kind of am good about the logistics and making sure the food is hot and that there's beer and that people have drinks and 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 so we, we that makes so much sense now that I'm thinking about it because that's, that's totally what happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we divide and conquer. Uh-huh. Or she'll she'll like if she notices something that's off too. If she's like interacting with everybody and she like goes for a drink and like it's not there, then she that's when she like will reach out to you and be like, "Hey, can you fix this?" That's right. Exactly. That's so that's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, just something else that I'm I'm really curious about. So, just going on a completely separate topic, what sort of sparked your interest in wanting to go into marketing in the first place? So, I, I guess again for the listeners, uh, Steve works for PMG, which is a digital marketing firm, having different contracts with major retailers. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. so we're we're the. We're one of, uh, we're an advertising agency okay, firm, and, and a lot of our business is done with, with uh, on behalf of our clients. So yeah, my, and you mentioned retail, my current client is Old Navy. Okay. Under kind of the Gap Inc. Okay. brand. I wasn't sure if I, if I could mention that, so I didn't earlier. Yeah, but. it's fine. Okay. I think it's okay. Okay. I can't tell you any financial information. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of it. I love working with that. I mean, that's a, it's a great, so... My dad was in marketing, mm-hmm. which I think is probably where I kind of got oh, okay. that. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could just end right there. Right. <laughs> now, he grew up as an engineer, transitioned into kind of like product marketing, uh, kind of more so on the product side now. But anyways, I, I, so it came partly from that, right, seeing my dad do that. I also, though, and when I was starting in eighth grade, actually, and then I really took off in, in high, not really, but I got really involved in high school as big woodworker mm-hmm. and I would sell my stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would sell, I sold ping pong paddles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Remember that? Our, yeah. So our all male Jesuit high school, Brophy Prep, which I loved going to, uh, they had the, they called it the SAC, mm-hmm. oh, SAC, yeah. Student Something Center. Student Activity Center? Activity Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Student Activity Center. And calling something sack at an all-guys school is just so fitting, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> everybody, anyways, everybody loved being in the sack. Yeah, loved it. Anyways, they had ping pong there, and it was all the rage. And Brophy was the cool school that had ping pong. And, and so a little freshman Steve got so obsessed with ping pong. I remember I, I remember hanging out at Colin Jackson's house one, one day, and we broke a paddle or something, and I somehow had had found some tools of his dad and fixed the ping pong paddle. It was a small little whatever, like just to keep, we just kept wanting to play, we were playing ping pong, it was some Friday afternoon after school or something. Um, but from there, I started actually like, you know, creating these really intricate handles and these beautiful wooden uh, wooden ping pong paddles. And I ended up building a little website. My dad worked at GoDaddy at mm-hmm. the time, right? So he, he was GoDaddy. He was GoDaddy. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I got, I got a little tutorial on how to build a website and, you know, from him and, 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 you know, put a little PayPal button on there, sign up for PayPal and just started selling these things. And, and that was my first introduction was I really enjoyed, and then I did a little bit more in college I, and I don't, you know, I, I, that's where I really honed my skill, but, um, you know, what I really loved was building a website, was building a product and then figuring out how to sell it. Right, mm-hmm. and and I went to stores and I pitched my product and I got it in this into some. St- I was selling wooden iPhone cases in in high school, mm-hmm. uh, and that was, those were super easy to sell. Uh, but I had a lot more success online. I actually got written up in 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 a wood magazine. It's called there's a magazine called Wood Magazine. Gil. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And I wrote to him like, hey, I'm a little freshman, you know, building phone cases. Would you publish me? I'm like, yeah, sure, we will. But when I did that, I, there I started getting all this website traffic, and it mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I was like, this is that's all I had to do to get more sales was mm-hmm. just reach out to someone. So that was like my thinking back on it now. That was my first, honestly, and this is my the first realization I've had. That was my first success story as marketing 
was going out. It was almost PR, right? Mm-hmm. Little kid, little junior, creating a cute little story, emailing uh, info at, at woodmagazine.com yeah. and doing this across 50 publications and seeing what landed. Mm-hmm. And I, I got in and, and it was like, okay, well, if I can do this, I wonder what, you know, I wonder how do these big companies like, Yeah, do? How, how big can it go? How big can that go? So obviously the uh, the wooden iPhone case stuff didn't didn't you know I didn't get to continue that through college but it was a really good learning experience for me uh, and got me involved in marketing where I that's how I started my first internship mm-hmm. uh, and from there I've, I I have never left mm-hmm. so when you're I guess because you had that experience um, so you're saying that that was before you went into college is that correct that was before. That was in high school. Okay. Yeah. So that was exciting. So having that sort of exciting experience and going into college, having that opportunity, so did you feel like, okay, now that I've had this awesome experience and it sort of sparked my curiosity, now I have the opportunity because I'm in school to learn more about this? Was that sort of how you stuck with whatever it is that you were studying in school? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. I got super into it. So I was making decent money with these phone cases. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. I remember it was awesome. My Brophy, the Brophy community was so supportive, but mm. I'd have guys come up to me and think, yeah, think of this, right? We're outside, we're all hanging out on break. Mm-hmm. I'd have some rando come up to me and go, hey, man, and give me like 25 bucks. <laughs> and I'd reach into my backpack and I'd like have this brown bag and I'm like, here you go. You know, like yeah. reach it in. And a teacher came up and goes, Steve, what the, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just selling wooden iPhone cases. Yeah. You know, Mr. Old Davey, like, chill out, man. <laughs> you know, like, it was hilarious. But I had, like, 800 bucks in cash in my drawer. Uh-huh. And that was a lie as a little high schooler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. So I got, I'm like, shoot, if I can, you know, it. that was a great gig. In college, I tried some other things um, that taught me a ton. But that was my most profitable Mm-hmm. kind of gig with selling those wooden iphone cases man. What, what was different about college when you were like trying to to start something new presumably trying to to market to people in in the same way it sounds like that would be more of a learning experience if something didn't work out the way that you wanted it to yeah i mean so not to get super into it but like so in college i sold we started I, my my buddy austin singer and i started a company that sold Stick on adhesive pockets right, for t-shirts, okay. just to you know, yeah, get everyone up to speed. Mm-hmm. Think of a frocket t-shirt. We all know what that is, right? A white shirt with a colorful pocket. Okay, yeah. Is that we, what they're called? I didn't know that. They're called frockets, front okay. pocket tees. You know? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, we would we designed and we sold the just the pockets, and we created and we found this adhesive that would stick onto the edge of a pocket. Anyways. I did a lot with that. I built my website through WordPress. I figured out how to get it hosted. I paid for Facebook and Google marketing advertising. It was a lot more legit and it helped set me up for my professional career. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from NOSO. It helped me land a great internship at iCrossing, which is where I started my mm-hmm. first kind of you know thing. And what, what did what did iCrossing do? iCrossing similar uh, similar. A company to PMG, they were a marketing agency, so they market they they ran the marketing uh, on behalf of of other companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, my client was PetSmart, which was a and I didn't think of it. PetSmart and AAA, AAA, which are two big, big. great clients that really set up a really good foundation. I had a great manager, Amelia, who I mean. I think everything in life is about the foundation that you have set, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're getting into yeah, getting into that stuff, like the you can be skillful and you can be the best and you can be motivated and you can be an absolute stud, but mm-hmm. if you get dealt the wrong pair of cards, you are screwed. You are the yeah. it is stacked up against you. If you have a bad manager who do, who cannot, who will not help you succeed and does not, you know, give you a path forward, there's nothing you can do but mm-hmm. leave. And, and remove yourself from that situation. So yeah. um, that's kind of a separate question that I had for for you. Um, that's a little bit unrelated, but you you mentioned earlier that like you, when you're reaching out, especially online, you would put forth money to pay for like Google and Facebook ads. For people who aren't like savvy with that, like myself included, how much does that typically cost, or what's that sort of process look like? That's a good question. So. Um, 
to answer your question directly, Google and Facebook make a lot of their money, 90% of their revenue through clicks on their ads. Mm-hmm. And those clicks cost anywhere from a buck fifty to call it five dollars per click, on average. The higher you are worth as a customer, the higher those clicks go up. So you're buying an old navy T-shirt, mm-hmm. cost you a buck maybe, mm-hmm. right? We as marketers, you go on Google, you type in men's shirts, men's shoes. Mm-hmm. Those four links that pop up on the top are always sponsored, paid for ads. Mm-hmm. That's how Google makes their money, right? They put the best ads up top. Because people are uh, Target, Old Navy, Walmart, they're all fighting for that number one position on Google. It's a very valuable spot. Mm-hmm. And you can buy these specific keywords to say, I want to, Gil, if you wanted to, you had your own website, you had betweenthesoup.com, you wanted to type in Phoenix Podcasts. Someone typed in Phoenix Podcasts I can listen to. Mm-hmm. You could buy that term and you could have betweenthesoup.com be the number one search on Google. You'd pay a lot of money for it, right? Mm-hmm. You could pay thou- 5000 bucks a day because you get a lot of traffic to your website hmm. because people are clicking on your ad all the time. Mm-hmm. But you won't. But but you can literally buy and own whatever keywords you want on Google as long as you're willing to pay for it yeah. and you're willing to fight other, other brands. So marketing at the end of the day is how much sales can I drive, at least the marketing that I'm in. I'm, mm-hmm. in, I'm, at a, I'm in a very sales-focused marketing role. We call it very low in the conversion funnel. You think about when you purchase something, you think about, I want to purchase a new car. Then you consider your options, right? I've got I've got Nissan, I've got BMW, I've got Mercedes, I've got all these different cars. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you start to make your buying process and you actually convert. You go, am I gonna buy my car online? Are you gonna buy it through Carvana? Am I gonna buy it uh, through the dealership? Am I gonna buy it through Buddy? Right? And so where we operate is in that very lowest funnel. It's where are you gonna buy your stuff? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna buy it? Are you literally gonna click on an ad off of Facebook? Is it gonna be Google? Is it gonna be a? Is it gonna be a news website that you read and you saw these yoga pants to the right of you that, for some reason, spurred your interest and you clicked and you bought? So, mm-hmm. our job at the end of the day is to take the marketing investment that our clients give us, that we manage, and to spend that as efficiently as we absolutely can to drive the most revenue in return for our clients. Mm-hmm. And that's my, you know, that if if we want to boil it down to one sentence, that's my role, you know, on, on a day to, you know, on a day to day working, you know, you know, trying to drive. But yeah, that revenue that, for a billion dollar brand. That that makes sense, especially with like the example that you used of just like even this podcast. So like my the question that I had when you were saying that is like, okay, yeah, I could I could spend, you know, five thousand dollars a day just for that that number one ticket, but like that's under the assumption that I'm selling some sort of product to pay for that in the first place. Exactly. Okay. Right. Cool. Yep. And that's where it comes down to like, what are, what are our clients goals? Right. Mm-hmm. What are your, you know, if I, if I literally were working with you as a client and say, mm-hmm. all right, Gil, what are your goals? Is your goals exposure? Is it to be known more well, more well known? Are you trying to do signups? You trying to acquire new participants, right? There, there's a whole bunch of different things we could be going after and that would determine the strategy that we want to take for marketing. Okay. That's interesting that that you would go through that with your clients. I mean, that makes the most sense too. I thought you were asking me directly and I was just like, I'm just trying to talk to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. That, that's, that's super interesting. So, um, hmm. Okay, there's a number of ways I could take this. How are you feeling? You need anything? The original question, like before, like getting into more of the specifics, was like what your inspiration was for, for going into marketing. So yeah. now that you're at PMG, what sort of drew you there versus other places? Was it intentional? And also, you've been there for a while. Most people jump around in their career for like a, after a year or so, but you've been there for longer than that. Um, what's kept you around? That's a lot. So it's great. No. That's- <laughs> That's a good question. I'm, I'm formulating my answer now, I think. So yes, PMG was strategic. It was the best agency I could find in Fort Worth, which is where Kenzie was living. Mm-hmm. At the time, we had done long distance for the last couple of years of college. Mm-hmm. PMG was had won some awards in France for some campaigns that they had done at the Cannes Lion event, which is a huge, a huge thing. You remember, this is actually great, do you remember the... Straight out of Compton movie. Mm-hmm. 
You remember how they all started doing those straight out of somewhere and you could put your city? Um, I Straight out of Phoenix. Sure, yeah. Straight out of whatever, yeah. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a PMG campaign that someone developed, a guy Earl. Earl developed it at PMG. And like, this place is sick. It's, you know, it's very cool. It's super kind of um, very startup type culture, right? And, and so... So I, I, I cold applied for, uh, in college. Uh, just just had no, knew nobody. Mm. Shoot my shot. Uh, had some agency experience from iCrossing and mm. and worked through and, and ended up getting the, getting landing a job, which Hell I was yeah. freaking proud of, right? Yeah. Cold interview, man. Like it's, That's it's tough to do. Hard to do, yeah. So love that. Had some hiccups in college. They dealt through that with me. It was awesome. Um, um, yeah, I ended up couldn't start on the start date that I told them. Had to actually go back and finish up a class. Mm-hmm. So they let me work remotely uh, before they hired me on full time. They, they've just been they've been nothing but number number one. It's an awesome company, right? We have great brands: Beats by Dre, Ralph Lauren, the Container Store, Survey Monkey, uh, Gap Inc. Uh, uh, hyper ice, the the Theragun thing. Okay, oh yeah. my god, it's fun, dude. You know, yeah. so so a ton of cool brands that we work with. Um, and that's kind of from an ego perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we got Cole Haan. You know, it's it's just fun, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just cool um, to do marketing for those types of cal- you know that caliber. Um, I started it was 110. We're up to 500 now in four years. So we're growing like crazy. Five hundred clients. Five hundred people. Employees. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hundred employees. I don't know, thirty, forty clients or so. Okay, that's still pretty small. Something like that. Yeah, it's in the scheme of agency life, we are smaller. We are independent. Mm-hmm. We're not owned by a conglomerate, which is, I think, the best way to do it uh, when you're an agency. But um, I have gotten so many career opportunities there that it's hard to leave. Mm-hmm. My goal, so agent, if you know anything about like, you know, like working at an agency or I mean, consulting, right? Very similar, right? People go into these, into these roles to gain a lot of experience really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal. You go in, it's a freaking, you know, it's a crash course in how you do, sometimes you're on multiple clients. So imagine you're doing marketing for Cole Haan, you're doing marketing for a travel agency, you're doing marketing for a grocery store. Like you can learn, you will learn the ins and out of marketing very, very quickly. Within mm-hmm. a year, you'll be able to know almost, you know, if you had three clients on different industries, you'd be able to do any sort of, you know, B2B, any sort of industry. So that's why people go to agencies. Typically, when you're young, right, you get a lot of experience, you get to work on some hot brands. You don't make as much when you start out as you mm-hmm. normally would, but you know you're getting the experience and you're, you're setting yourself up for the future. Mm-hmm. So that's been always my goal, right? Stay here one, one two years, and then you kind of go into a little bit of a slower pace a different role on the what they call the brand side, right? So if you're if you are on the agency side and you were doing marketing for Cole Haan, eventually you would get hired on by Cole Haan and and you kinda it's it's a little bit slower of okay. a pace. Mm-hmm. But I just every time I get bored or every time I get frustrated and I'm looking to leave and I'm looking for a career change, PMG gives me something right in front of my nose. Mm-hmm. And says, all right, Steve, here's a, here's a new team, here's a new opportunity, here's a, here's a you know, maybe mm-hmm. you're getting leveled up, whatever that is, and I've, I've just, the opportunity I've had at PMG and the ability to level up so quickly has allowed me, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's kept me there for a long time and it's allowed me to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially with, uh, with you having lived in, in Fort Worth and then moving back to Phoenix, like being able to work remotely was also huge. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I had negotiated and that's, you know, I think also why I'm at PMG is because they're so good at their employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really are. The people, digital made for humans is our motto. Mm-hmm. And you believe that? I believe it, dude. Yeah, I, mean, that's I believe good. it as far as the work we crank out and how we treat our people. It's incredible. That's that's really good. Um, it's it's a good change of pace to hear someone that like actually enjoys the company that they work for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that no, that's really really great. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So we kind of talked about that. I guess just to, to conclude, sort of, if someone was trying to grow a brand, like, like you could use this podcast for an example. Yeah. Um, 
what what do you think the the best method of doing so would be and what i guess if are there any methods that like somebody might co- conventionally not know about huh gil uh <laughs> am i starting my 30 minute clock now or later sir? Okay, you can if you want to i'm just but, kidding uh, you are free, you're free my friend oh, okay that's a great question i think when you're starting a brand, you have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You have to be what Gil is. Sure, yeah. You can't pretend to be a Nike or a Chubby's. I remember when we did when we did when we started No So Pockets. All we all we idolized was remember you remember Chubby's? I do remember Chubby's. Look at our look I, at our No So Pockets Instagram, and tell me it's not it's <laughs> a rip off of Chubby's. And we were oh, unauthentic. Sorry. We had our own little flair. We did. We 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 did a good job. Mm-hmm. But. If you can't be authentic with the messaging that you're giving out to people, it's very hard for you to be passionate about it. It's very hard for you to actually show that you're legit and show that you actually care, right? Right. Um, knowing your audience and knowing your target market and your demographic is critical. So in your example, right, I don't, you have to, what I would recommend, you know, you're looking at different target, you're looking at who is the type of person I'm having on my show and who would be interested in listening about these type of people. Mm-hmm. And it's about asking questions. What type of content are they interested in? What are they, at the end of the day, you're after someone's attention in marketing, right? In right. anything, you are after their, even if it's two seconds, you want them to switch their brain over to think about something for just two, you know, mm-hmm. one second. So the more you can engage someone, that's why Instagram's so scary, TikTok's so scary, right? Oh, yeah, TikTok you get is horrifying. Yeah. It's all about that engagement, and they call it session duration. That's the time on site, mm-hmm. right? How long are you on their actual site? Right. The more you can keep someone engaged and sticky, the better off you're going to have at selling them down the line. So it's hard. It's, it, it is challenging. You also need to put your money in different areas within the marketing funnel. So let me give you an example. Uh, let's say, you know, between the suit, uh, you're after a couple different things. Number one, you just wanted Phoenix to know you a little bit more, right? Sure, yeah. Right, so, you know, and so so you would you would launch a few, you know, billboards, great example. Okay. Awareness. You don't really, you just want people to see the darn Raffy face, right? <laughs> 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 or Goldberg and Osborne face right yeah you just want them to <laughs> recognize oh that's gilbert or that's Rafi or that's sanchez whatever mm. that is just total awareness versus actually getting someone to do an action mm-hmm. a more direct response what we call a uh, conversion focused piece of marketing maybe blasting someone directly on facebook and saying go to spotify and go download my podcast and go listen to it or go pay for a subscription to hear all this exclusive content Mm -hmm. it's action focused but you gilbert cannot go to someone random and go tell them to go pay for your podcast if they don't know who you are first right so that's why you have to have both Mm -hmm. and you have to start with becoming known in a community and you Mm -hmm. can't be known to the what 15 million people in phoenix you have to start small get to know a thousand people make them love you get to grow that right you it's it so that's where the audience piece and and knowing who to target and a lot of and and the beauty is facebook and google are so they've done they've been so successful because they've gotten so good at being able to pick out those people for you Mm -hmm. where all you do is say uh find me people who are interested in video games movies and popcorn and serve them my, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, my, whatever, my, my video popcorn yeah, product. or like my special kind of like butter to put on the popcorn. Right, yeah. exactly. Or, or, or a nice comfy couch, right? Because we know that people that sit in the couch a lot also tend to watch video games and watch a lot of movies, right? Yeah. Things like that. We call those affinities, right? Mm-hmm. So we look uh, for those crossovers. Uh-huh. I was going to say that that definitely reminded me of like just marketing yourself to employers too when you're looking for a job. Like a lot of career shit that's out there says like, okay, you, you want to be different from your applicant pool because there's, you know, a hundred other people that are applying for the same job. And so anybody can say that they work with SQL or Excel or whatever. 
but it's like what else do you yourself as an individual like you Steven Alexak or Gilbert Sanchez what do you bring to the table that's different from everybody which is I mean kind of the same thing for for a product right yeah that's right the one thing I wanted to say as it relates to marketing because I think it just so perfectly defines the role that we do day in and day out in layman's terms as Gil, you could have the, and, and it also actually kind of ties together what we were talking about in the beginning about throwing parties and hosting. Mm-hmm. You could throw the best party of your entire life. You could hire bands, you could hire, uh, you, know, you could have uh, dry ice drinks, you could have everything, right? You know, the whole works. Mm-hmm. Caviar, you name it. Get all the best ingredients you want. Truffle waffles. Truffle waffles. Clean the damn place. That sounds like an STD, honestly. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, you can do all that, go all out for a party. But if you don't invite anybody, nobody's going to show up. Right. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how cool it is. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to show up. They're not going to find it themselves. Right. So that's where marketing comes in, right? You mm-hmm. need to invite people to the party. You need to show them what you have. You need to explain why they should come, and or else nobody's going to ever show up, no matter how cool it is. I love that. <clears throat> Marketing, you gotta invite people to the party. Invite them to the party. That's exactly right. Really, really, really interesting stuff. Thank you for all that. I, I, I think I've learned the most from talking to you here. So yeah. it's like a lot of good, uh, interesting information. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you have any questions for me at all? It's okay to say no to. Any notable interview experiences so far? I think all, I, all of them in, in sort of their own way. I don't know, just like, I, I think everybody has their own little thing, and that's kind of the whole point of the, the podcast to begin with, too, is like, I, I want to get to know people in this sort of way, because they have something unique to, to provide, um, What and not just to me, but whoever's listening to, like I said, might might listen to like what we were talking about and, and think, oh, wow, that's really interesting, too, I never knew that, or I didn't really think about it that way, like, maybe I should consider that next time, or something like that, like, that's that's overall the the whole the whole point hmm that's it for me cool dope well, thank you all <laughs> great to see everyone here and we'll see you next time on between the soup your boy g sizzle s dog we out Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Between the Soup. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, you can reach out to betweenthesoup.pod on Instagram to let me know what your thoughts were on the discussion. If you didn't like it, you should definitely let me know what your thoughts were so that way I can improve the show. Uh, Thanks again so much. Uh, It means a lot that you're tuning in. Alright, you can do it again if you want. Bon chick 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 bon chick 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 bon 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 between the soup. <laughs> Add that to the. <laughs> I almost said under the soup. <laughs> Get under the soup. <laughs> you just changed this episode to freestyling with Steve. Oh, oh. It's like this, y'all. 10% luck, 20% skill. <laughs> <laughs>